Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Are you ready? Are you ready for the Smackdown Review podcast? Yes, my name is Phil Chambers and I have a special guest with us this weekend. The one, the only, Simon Miller is here with us to review all things Smackdown. How are you doing? I'm good. And we think I'm the one and only, but we don't know. There could be clones <laughs> running true. out there. To be fair, every bald guy on the planet apparently is me. So there's just there's just a bunch of us. I won't say the obvious one. We'll go with Cesaro. <laughs> Cesaro and Jason Statham, which I which are not insults. Anyway, we don't need to talk about this. I'm very well, Phil. How are you doing today? You good? I am good indeed. We should tell a story. We've been trying to set this up for a very, very, very long time now. And every time Gareth disappears at the weekend and leaves me alone, I normally only find out on the day, to be fair. And then I always drop you a message like, hey, uh, do you fancy doing the podcast today? And inevitably, every single time you're busy because you're a busy man and it's a Saturday, it's a weekend, you've got stuff to do, but we've finally actually managed to make it happen. The best part is usually I'm honestly, I get the message and I'm halfway out the door, like literally, I don't mean that as a joke, like one foot, as I, I always have this moment, I'm like, oh, can I fit it in? I'm like, no, I just, I just can't do it. But it's okay because we've just built it up now and here we are. So I, I'm quite pumped to do it. And also it's nice to be able to talk to SmackDown about SmackDown in a different different guys as opposed yeah. to just wagging my finger at a camera so you know that's pretty good <laughs> um but yeah before we get into it make sure you do subscribe to the podcast on itunes spotify or wherever it is that you get your podcast from because we do daily wrestling podcasts we do wrestling podcasts about raw wrestling podcasts about smackdown wrestling podcasts about aw wrestling podcasts about nxt wrestling podcasts that are roundtable discussions wrestling podcasts that are roundups of the week complete with bloody good quizzes on wrestle culture and simon miller also does wrestling podcasts over on the simon miller wrestling podcast is that what it's called that's true it's called simon is pro wrestling show is a very very hard name to come, <laughs> to come up with i may have called it that because i didn't know what to call it but yeah a couple of times a week you can hear me just i just rant and rave for about an hour there's no real structure to it it's just whatever is the hot topic of the day i talk about so yeah if you're into podcast there's literally loads of them and you should listen to every single one indeed so yeah go and give us a subscribe and give simon a subscribe while you're at it but yeah smackdown was last night and poor, poor Jimmy uh, Jey Uso, man. This guy is just being grounded into the dirt. Honestly, why Why is nobody... I mean this seriously as well. It's a like half joke, but why is no one from WWE HR gone? I, <laughs> I think we may have a relationship, like manipulative situation on our hands here. Because the poor man 
is just breaking from the inside. Even though like, he's back with his brother, wins his first wrestling match or tag team wrestling match in a year, and he's not allowed to celebrate it because old funny daddy Roman Reigns is like, well, if you want to be just another twin, you can go and do it. It's so mean. It's brilliant. But yeah, we started off the show and it was Jimmy and Jay backstage. And uh, Jimmy was very, very excited for the match coming up. And then you just see Roman Reigns and Paul Heyman kind of walk into shot and you know it's all going to go terrible. Heyman was about to start talking and then he kind of took one look at Roman. It was like, ah, okay, I'm out. I'm going to have to step back from this situation. And then Roman just in, in the way that he does these days, he just says like, are you ready? Like, do you feel good? Um, and like, you need to get this right. Like, what's the game plan? Like, what's your end goal for all of this? And Jimmy Uso is like, well, to win, obviously. That's how we make the family proud. Like, we put our tag team titles next to your title. It'll be fantastic. Like, can't wait. Super excited about it. And then Jerome Reigns is just like, oh, well, it sounds like you've got it all figured out. I'm happy for you. Good luck. And then Jimmy kind of walks off all excited and he turns to Jay and just says, you're going to need it. Asshole. Absolute asshole. asshole. Like, just the worst but best person on the entire planet. It was a really good way to start SmackDown too because, you know, WWE does have a tendency to go opening promo, match, match. And, you know, it is still an opening promo, but the way that it's framed makes it so much more interesting. And again, it's the characterization I love for all of these guys. Jimmy is somehow existing in this bubble where he's a part of the family, but obviously completely removed from it too. Jey Uso, you know, broken man, absolutely. You know, can't get out no matter what he tries. And Roman knows exactly what he's doing, you know, from step to step. It's all really well done. And the other cool thing I thought was, it lasted, what, five minutes? Probably not even that, probably like two or yeah. three minutes. But it just took everything that we've been doing and it wrapped it up. So if you'd missed a few weeks, you could kind of figure out what we're doing, where we're going. And it was just kind of exciting knowing the Usos were going to be back. Because as I'm sure we're going to talk about in a second, I forgot. Oh, yeah, you're amazing tag team. I completely, <laughs> completely slipped my mind. It is kind of crazy how much just having this one team back has kind of reinvigorated almost the entire tag team division on SmackDown in just like, what, one match or something. It's just oh, yeah. all of the options and the opportunities going forward. There seems to be so much more excitement over the tag team division as a whole, just for having these two guys back. I hope that WWE learns from that as well. Because the cool thing about SmackDown as well was that it felt like a tag team episode. Like there was so much focus on tag teams, but there were still some issues because there's just not depth in some areas. Whereas again, yeah, just having a brand new tag team, like you say, makes you go, oh man, yeah, we can do this and we can do that. So I hope they realize this for other areas of the damn program where they can finally start just having those people that are simmering under the surface. And then when you need them to jump up, they can jump up. You know, okay, that makes perfect sense because they've been doing X, Y, and Z. But yeah, I really don't know what we're going to do, especially because we've got so much more where they do go with this. I love the fact I don't know if Jay's going to turn his back on Roman, whether he's going to side with Jimmy. And if he does, obviously that breaks up their little units. What does Roman do after that? It's so cool to kind of play this guessing game. Yeah, I think that's the best thing about this entire Roman Reigns storyline is that there has, like, at every single point, there's been so many different directions that you can take it with that all seem really exciting opportunities as well. And like with this Jimmy stuff, it's just opened it up even more. But yeah, they ended up, ended the opening bit uh, with just Roman Reigns kind of, talking to Jay just saying like what's the matter like, is your brother talking for you now and then Jay made sure to let Roman Reigns know that even when we with Jimmy tonight like you know I'm with you like I'm I'm on your side and then he just kind of walks off like that little Charlie Brown cartoon with his head down just really really <laughs> sad and then we do go into this uh, the opening match and the Street Profits versus the Usos match they announced last week who knew announcing a match ahead of time actually gets you excited for a show <laughs> what a crazy situation astonishing promotional tactic there by <laughs> WWE <laughs> 
And then, yeah, the Street Profits had a little promo before the match. Uh, Montez, like, had a pep in his step, and he was excited about the Street Profits versus the Usos. Flattered that, like, the Usos chose them because they've been down since day one, and then they kind of mock them a little bit by, like, doing the hacker. Uh, and then they talk about how that's not the Usos that they're going to face because it's been a whole year since Jimmy has wrestled, and Roman is living in Jay's head rent-free, and then out come the Usos. Talking about how you've got jokes, but it doesn't matter if Jimmy's been out for like a year or 10 years, they're still the best tag team in the business. They're six time champs. And uh, now the like two time back to back tag team of the year, and they're soon to be seven time champs. Uh, and yeah, then they referenced the Mario and Luigi comments from last week, talking about how they're going to drop these bricks <laughs> on your head to up their coins this week. And they're all very excited about being back in the ring. Um, so yeah, a good little promo back and forth between the Street Profits and the Usos, bigging up the importance of the Usos to the tag team division over time, but also the new people in the Street Profits. And it's like a mini dream match, but like it's like within the WWE tag team scene anyway. It's like, this is one of the big matches that they could have done. I think so. And and they kind of lived up to expectations as well. I mean, I think with WWE, they get it when they give things time. Sometimes they understand those like little trinkets, right? Well, we can't just, you know, we can't fob this off at five minutes because <laughs> I think we'll actually annoy people. So it's really, really cool. And I like the fact that before they did kick off, Jay, the last line was Jay Uso talking about Roman Reigns. And yeah. everybody kind of rolled their eyes like, oh, would you just shut up with this Roman stuff? I like that as well. And as for the match, it's just. You know, you had this story beat, like you already mentioned, that, oh, the Usos have been a year out. Are they going to have any ring rust? Didn't. And that kind yeah. of woke the street profits up. And then it was just this sort of awesome back and forth. And I just can't get over Montez Ford's jumping ability. Like He <laughs> launched himself insane. over the corner post. But And I've seen people do it before, but not with this much grace and not with this much airtime. Like, at no point did I ever think he wasn't going to make it over. In fact, I was like, you'd probably come down a good few inches and you'd protect himself. <laughs> he did it's, almost land on top of the barricade. Like, his feet kind of hit the top because he just jumped way too far. Just tremendous. Like, absolutely tremendous. And, yeah, I loved all of this. I thought it really felt like a match that we should care about. It had a long time. Didn't have any gubbins at the end. You know, and also the, the Usos were walking this kind of good guy, bad guy line i mean i'm pulling someone off the apron isn't really a bad guy tactic but wwe presents it as such like oh he pulled yeah. angelo dawkins off before montez ford could get the hot tag so i just yeah, i just thought it was a great opening and it just made you settle into the show you're like okay well if this is what i'm going to get for the next two hours i'm absolutely i'm absolutely fine with it and like it hasn't really you know, sort of give me any real evidence as to if they are, because they're going to have a tag team match, obviously the title match that we'll talk about in a second, but I don't really know if that's going to go well or if it's going to go <laughs> terribly. So yeah, I'm really interested in it. Yeah, absolutely. I really liked as well how like Jay and Jimmy were playing their own different roles within the match. Like there was seeds of like the old school Usos, but like mainly sort of Jimmy was like being that old Usos that we remember but Jay was a lot more like vicious uh, and with his attacks and things, which is obviously like the influence from Roman Reigns. Um, and it was also like almost at the beginning, like commentary was talking about like Jimmy Uso possibly having all this ring rust for not being back in a year, but it was almost Jay that kind of let them down in the first few instances as well, which ties yeah. into the story of Jay always kind of being the weak link in the family. Totally. And I don't mean this the way that it sounds because there's no positive to an injury. But in many ways, Jimmy Uso getting injured is the best thing that could have happened to them because <laughs> re the reason the Roman Reigns remark of, oh, which twin are you, works so well is because that used to be a thing, right? So I don't know yeah. which one is which because they are identical. Whereas now, because they work differently and because they have very defined characters, it's so much easier to tell because Jay Uso looks pissed off, right? And Jimmy yeah. Uso looks... A Happy is probably not the right word, but there's a 
some sunlight to him, like a ray, a ray of shine around him. And that just, it makes them a better tag team. It makes them far more intriguing to watch. And they're just so good. That's the other thing. Like, I don't know whether it's because they are brothers or just because they are born into that Simone family and all Samoans seem to be, you know, so good at wrestling. <laughs> but and that's not to take anything away from the Street Profits because they held their own and then some. But I'm sure this will change over time because the Usos have more tenure. But when you just go back over all the amazing matches they've had and they're still just killing it, it's like, this is why we need that forbidden door to be knocked down. I need yeah. every tag team in the world to take on the <laughs> Usos. I don't even care about anybody else, just the Usos. Absolutely. Um, I, I also like how, like a couple of weeks ago, whenever it was, when they came out and they boiled their entire like uh, characters down to just what they had on their t-shirts. And it was like right-hand man <laughs> and like Uso from like day one-ish. And like now they're kind of just that boils down into every single piece of their character, whether it's on the, like on the mic, on their t-shirts themselves, like on their hats or whatever, right the way down to how they're wrestling in the ring. It's all very, very defined, like you say. Uh, but that- there's loads of- Sorry, go on. I guess that will help massively depending on what they want to do. Because now if you do want to split them up, not that I'm advocating for that, but if you do, you can, and yeah. they can easily be single stars. I absolutely. Jay's, Jay's proved it already. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, loads of great bits in this. There was a great bit like Jay. So just kind of did this big slide into like a chin lock or something. It just looked like he was going to take his head off. <laughs> it was ridiculous. Uh, and then the big dive over the edge, the build up to the hot tag was absolutely fantastic. Well, just before the hot tag, you just think that Montez is going to be able to uh, get the big hot tag and he pulls um, Angelo Dockies down, but it was just such perfectly timed. It's just classic Usos. And you just remember, ah, tag team wrestling can be great. And let's hope WWE realize this and actually refocus their energies on it a little bit because it's not been the greatest scene in the WWE for quite some time. Ever. This is my worry. (laughs) I I sat down and did this recently. I was like, oh man, it's always been kind of like, it has these flurries. But then Vince McMahon obviously goes, oh, I tag team wrestling. So it's like, oh, okay. Well, if you don't like it, we're all kind of screwed, but I'll keep everything crossed all the same. Absolutely. But yeah, they got like the first 20, 28 minutes of the show was just oh, all yeah. the Usos. Absolutely great stuff. Great start to SmackDown. Uh, and yeah, loads more from them as we go on. But yeah, next up we had uh, backstage and we were Megan Morant and she was with the Dirty Dogs because like you say, it was tag team night on SmackDown. <laughs> and they basically just asked them like why this will be any different when the Mysterios beat you. And then they blame it on like Ray's paternal instinct. It's like a mother being able to pick up a car to save the child. But tonight's going to be different <laughs> because they know what to expect and they're going to become the tag champions. Simple promo from the Dirty Dogs. <laughs> Yeah, like I saw some people complaining, why the hell do they have another tag team title shot? I agree. But at the same time, this was all done to set up something else. So when you kind of use, when you use recycling an old match for a story beat, I'm not ever going to get too mad. If they had won, I would have been livid, but they didn't. So (laughs) it doesn't matter. And then, yeah, we carried on because it was Tamina and Natalia taking on the Riot Squad. And my first note about this is just poor Riot Squad. They just bring them in anytime they need someone to lose. I looked it up on Cage Match. They had like a three-week winning streak in from the 11th of December last year to the 1st of January. And then they haven't lost one anything else since July last year before that. Wow. And amazingly, the three weeks that they won, they beat Billy Kay and Natalia. Then they beat Billy Kay and Tamina. And then they beat Natalia and Tamina. And now right. <laughs> Natalia and so Tamina just are. random nonsense. <laughs> the thing that I didn't get was... No entrance for the Riot Squad is always so bad weird. because it just identifies them as, oh, you don't really need to care. But yeah. then even worse, they attacked Tamina before the match, which I only know because halfway through, Michael Cole goes, oh yeah, by the way, uh, Tamina got attacked before the match. I'm like, what? Why it does so I weird. get to see it? Because like, you cut to like Nat- Natalia like, reaching out to the tag and then you're like, 
but there's there's no demeanor there and there was no explanation. it was like a weird pregnant pause of a couple of minutes before they even explained what had happened as well yeah. it's like wwe are usually spot on with production all the time i have no idea how this managed to slip through the cracks but it was so weird that's my worry though i think they think so lowly of the riot squad they're like man yeah. <laughs> who even cares and that's a problem because this goes back to the the uso stuff and like i like to meet and natalia as the tag team champions i do and i thought the match itself it was fine right it was inoffensive yeah. it was decent it didn't last very long you know there's not real there's no bad you could take away from it but all the issues came from the fact the riot squad are presented like jokes so that doesn't yeah. really help to meet and natalia either but also people just come but it's not if it was different people it would be all right but it's not it's the same people over and over and over again it's like you have all these teams why i just i just it doesn't make sense to me i find it really confusing it feels like Liv morgan and ruby riot have said the wrong thing to the wrong person yeah which, I, which I, I, i'm not saying that is what happened i mean it feels like if you're in a company and like dave pisses off the boss <laughs> then all of a sudden dave has to suffer i just it, it's it's so odd to me because the crowning of Natalia into Mina was awesome. Like, it was a really nice moment, sort of over-the-top fireworks. Great, yeah, sell it yeah. to me. All the backstage videos of Tamina and stuff since, it's just all really nice, but they're not really displaying that on side on TV either, which is odd. No, and why aren't they in like a, a proper feud with somebody that's not uh, Nia Jax and <laughs> Shayna Baszler? Yeah. Not that, I can't, I can't watch that match again, I just can't. <laughs> so yeah, this was really, really odd because it wasn't actually bad. It was yeah. just strange. And that could obviously bring along with it different stuff as well. But yeah, I didn't get it. I didn't get it at all. My issue with this as well is like every time you do see Ruby Riot and Liv Morgan and the Riot Squad together, like they, they're obviously working really hard to make the tag team kind of work. Like every time they've got like new tag team moves and things like that, like all, all the way through this, they had loads of different little tag team maneuvers and things that they were doing to Natalia. And it's like, oh, this is actually kind of cool. And like they've got their gear and they're, they're trying to make it work. <laughs> but it's just they are not getting any opportunity because every time you actually see them, they're just losing to random teams. <laughs> yeah. And Ruby Riot just, I mean, look at her. You're like, well, who the hell's that? Right. Yeah. She stands out a mile, which is what wrestling is all about. And Liv Morgan, every time I see her, I'm like, that's a good wrestler. You yeah. know, there is potential there. You just need to, you know, get it out because she's still, she's not like green, as they say, but she's not given the reps on television. But this is not the way to go. This is not the way to go about it. It's it's all. I, I think even the right squad name at this stage is probably a little bit of a crutch because yeah. it's you know that, that thing was kind of put through the the washer too. They probably need a big not. I don't mean visually, but a big revamp in terms of call them Morgan or Riot. I don't care. But I just think that whoever is writing the show sees Riot Squad on a piece of paper and they think, well, who gives a flub? And yeah. that's uh, it's a little bit of an issue. Yeah, um, but yeah, finish came. Natalia was trying to put them both in a double sharpshooter because, of course, <laughs> uh, and that's when Tamina finally got up and we finally saw her. Uh, and then she kind of threw Liv Morgan onto Ruby Riot, who was trying to roll up Natalia. Natalia kind of tagged out. Tamina no sold loads of punches from Ruby Riot. Did the big splash from the top rope, and yeah, Liv Morgan and uh, Natalia were fighting on the outside, and then they get the one, two, three, and yeah, that was that. Was that. Fine, like you say. 100% need more storylines in this and storylines that stay the hell away from all of the main women's championships as well because they've fallen oh. on that way too often in too recent much. weeks of getting those two titles mixed up in together whether it's Raw or Smackdown it's stupid so yeah you've got plenty of women on this roster <laughs> just get some new people in there and get some new stories there is, agreed yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah next up we had the Usos and they were backstage with Adam Pearce obviously Jimmy was very, very excited about their win. He wants to be seven-time champs, and he wants to face whoever wins the tag title match tonight. They want them next week. Adam Pearce, just like, yeah, sure, whatever. You're back. Let's have it. 
And Jimmy was very, very excited. And then just as soon as it happened, you just saw Jay's face and you're like, oh God, I've got to tell Roman about this now. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like when you were a kid and you really wanted to go to a party that you'd just been told about, but you know your mum was going to say no. You're like, oh, <laughs> oh man, this is just going to be crushing. I, I don't, I, I like the fact that we're getting the Mysterios versus the Usos because that's this tremendous match. But yeah. if I'm going to be a massive pedant, which I will do because it's fun to be a pedant sometimes, <laughs> the fact that you can take one year off and win one match and become the number one contenders for the tag team titles is absolutely preposterous. <laughs> but they don't have anybody else for that position. And again, it's tying into the bigger narrative. That's why I can't get too upset with it. But, yeah. you know, if a, if a non-wrestling fan threw that at me and I have to go, it's stupid. <laughs> it's really, really <laughs> stupid, but that's just wrestling. So you've got to deal with it. I think at this point, if it was anyone but the Usos, it'd be a massive complaint. But because you know they're probably not going to win it, let's face yeah. it, Roman Reigns will get involved in somehow. Or if, even if they do win it, them as tag titles next to Roman Reigns is going to be so good. Like, you know, the future of this is going to be so good. And the match itself, if they give that time, like the Mysterios versus the Usos, bloody hell, that's fantastic. Oh, man. And that goes to show why stories are so important in wrestling, right? And why it can't just be match, 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 match. Because if it was, you wouldn't be able to exactly say all the things you've just said, which does justify it. Like it just does. It's true. It absolutely justifies it. You're like, oh, man, yeah. Imagine the family or whatever we're calling them with all the titles, even though there's sort of, you know, inward bickering. And yeah. that's what that's what I want. I mean, I don't really want the Mysterios to lose, but at some point, I do want the Roman crew to have all the championships. But they're just to be this, yeah, again, the cracks in the armor that make you go, oh, when's it going to explode? Because that's, well, it's Batista Triple H, isn't it? Or it's Macho yeah. Man and Hulk Hogan. These are the stories we still talk about because they work. So do it again. Hey, if it somehow leads to Roman Reigns versus Rey Mysterio at some point as well, I'd be oh. 100% up for that. <laughs> well, this kind of t I hate doing this because people will go nuts, but that's what AEW does so well, right? Like they've already yeah. teased that on a TV match, they'll probably do Christian Cage versus Omega. I'm like, yeah, great, give it to me. Yeah. And that's what I'd like Roman to be doing more. Not sort of having world championship matches every week, but I'd love to see him go against Rey. I'd love a mini thing where he goes against Dolph Ziggler for some reason, but just to <laughs> yeah. see it. Do you know what I mean? I, I, I always enjoy that kind of a stuff. Just these random top tier matches that don't have to go anywhere after the fact. Absolutely. Uh, but yeah, next up, we had Bianca Belair versus Carmella for some reason, I guess. Um, before it, <laughs> Carmella was backstage with Kyla Braxton. And she was talking about, hey, Bailey's right. Like, Bianca did kind of win at WrestleMania Backlash in a bit of a shady way. Uh, but she's won the WrestleMania Women's Battle Royale. She's been Money in the Bank holder twice. She's a former women's champion. And Bianca's story may read like a fairy tale that she's going to end her happily ever after. And then we did get that match. Bailey came in straight away and... Michael Cole was not very happy about this. She kind of jumped in from behind and just invited herself onto commentary. Um, but the match itself was really good. Every time you see Carmella in the ring these days, she just seems to be getting better and better. And Bailey on commentary, you just can't go wrong. She's absolutely fantastic. <laughs> no, I, I loved all of this. I thought it was great. Like Bianca Belair works because she's just a nice, simple babyface champion. Yeah. As you say, Carmella continues to improve and is a really good asshole too. And yeah. when she cut that promo, I was like, shut up, man. <laughs> and Bailey, while being over the top, I understand she's not everyone's cup of tea because she really pushes that obnoxious button, but that is what she's going for. Yeah. I loved all of this, especially when Michael Cole called um, Bianca Belair, Belanca. <laughs> and Bailey just <laughs> lost her crap. I was like, man, it's so entertaining. It was so good. Yeah, I liked all of it. Again, this kind of ties into what the theme of our podcast has been. It's kind of going round and round in circles with Bailey and Bianca Belair, but they have really good matches. And I also, I'm a bit of a, I'm a bit biased towards Bailey because I still feel bad she didn't get a WrestleMania match. So yeah. like, as long as she's being featured. But I do hope some more people get rotated in soon, much like Carmella was here. It would have been nice if there was a little bit more of a story thread 
But she's holding her own, you know, Carmella. And I think she's been quite vocal on social media that she doesn't really understand why she does get used and then vanishes and get used and get vanishes. So hopefully she can segue off. I mean, I don't know who the hell she would fight, but there must be somebody I'm not thinking of. But, yeah. you know, there's got to be a baby-faced woman that needs a, that needs a, a feud. Just do that. <laughs> that's fine. That's, that's the issue that we've been saying on this podcast for a while is with the women's division. Like, they've fallen into the trap of they can only do stories around the belts at the minute. Yeah. Like, if you think about, like, this time sort of last year, you, the women's division was in such a good position. You had like Sasha and um, Sasha and Bailey at the top. You had um, the Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville stuff going on. And then you good had like point. the tag team stuff going on. And it was all like there was layers throughout the card of really good stories with the women. And now ever since the Bailey and Sasha thing stopped and they went on to like Sasha and Bianca, like the effort that they've put into the women's scene on SmackDown has just sort of been dwindling down a little bit. And there's so much depth there that you can do with all these people. And that's why, like, when Carmella shows up, you're like, oh, yeah, Carmella's really good. And because you don't remember it every day because you don't see it every week. So it's, yeah, just need to put a little bit more effort into the storytelling, I think. I totally agree. And not have the women's division segment, right? I think that's what they do. Yeah. It's the women's division segment. Now it's the tag team. So just tell me a story. Yeah. And if you think a story needs more time this week, awesome. And if you think it needs less week, well, that's okay, too, because you know what you're trying to get across. I agree with you. It's odd. I'm desperately trying to think of names now. There are loads. It's just because I'm trying to think and talk at the same time. Yeah, yeah. But there are so many people that you could, again, you know, just rotate into this position and it would work. But I did enjoy this match. And there was no shenanigans towards the end. So yeah. that's fine. A clean, fit, a clean win. Simon Miller is a happy man. And yeah, both like Bianca and Carmella came across really well in it. There was a good bit where like Bianca like deadlifted Carmella up and kind of looked yeah, at good. Bailey as she chucked her in the ring, which was really nice. Uh, and I really liked the little finishing sequence as well, which is like, a little roll up reversed in uh, well like Carmella was going for her submission thing I can't remember what it's called but I really really like that silence code of silence yeah I think it's cool which is just a really really good submission I really like it and it was like a roll up cover reversed into that which eventually got reversed into the KOD Uh, and then yeah then you got the Belanca incident and Bailey just standing on a table laughing at them Um, I'm fine with the Bailey Bianca stuff continuing just because I think there's probably a little bit more in the tank from their match at WrestleMania Backlash uh, especially if it's in Helena Sal or whatever it ends up being. But I do want Sasha to come back into this because I want that triple threat match. I just think that would be absolutely fantastic. <laughs> totally should do that. And that way you can work Bailey out and then you can go back into Bianca versus uh, yeah. Sasha probably and for it, SummerSlam. Yeah. And if it's at Helena Cell, then you can, you've got the ties in from last year's Helena Cell with Bailey and Sasha. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, Hello Fresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Before we go any further, though, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, we all carry around different stresses, they can be Big life worries or just, you know, little things like your favorite wrestler not being used properly. The thing is, when we keep them bottled up, it really can start to affect us negatively. 
Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. It is really helpful too for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. Therapy basically empowers you to be the best version of yourself. So why not give better help a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and best of all, suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash whatculture today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash whatculture. We should do that. We should do that. Also, before we move on, what the hell does code of silence mean? <laughs> I just sat here. I was like, that doesn't mean anything. The code doesn't of even si- fit with her character at no. all. Like mellow is money. It doesn't like fit with any <laughs> of her characters going back. But I've no idea. I've never thought about that before. Did she, but she basically uses her leg to choke them, right? I'm trying yeah. to visualize it in my head. So maybe because they can't talk. That's a stupid name. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just, I'm just throwing it out there. That's real stupid. Actually, all wrestling moves are stupid. Anyway, let's move on. Let's move on. Uh, so yeah, we had Megan Morant again backstage with the Mysterious this time. And Ray was just talking about how it's it's different when you're in there with your son. Because like every time Dominic gets hurt, like I get hurt. And then Dominic's talking about how their motivation right now is incomparable. And there's no way they're going to lose. And they're proud of each other. And it's just really nice father-son tag team stuff. <laughs> it is. And I'm going to do a cheap plug here. Because uh, it's the 29th of May today. On the 30th of May, SummerSlam 2005, Retro Ups and Downs. But I watched all that, and I and I was watching this today, and I was like, I can't remember if Eddie Guerrero is meant to be your proper dad in storyline or not. Because on that pay-per-view, they hit you with it hard that Rey Mysterio adopted Dominic yeah. from Eddie. They, they had paternity tests and things involved in it yes. as well, didn't they? Yes, but then they start saying, oh, no, they were faked. And by the end of that match, even though he's won custody back, I was like, I don't know who the real dad is. So there's every chance this is all a sham, but I do love them together. I think they work so well because it's real, right? You know, yeah. they must have had a couple of times at home they looked at each other like what the how the hell did we do this and i think Uh, i think dominic mysterio is awesome as well for his experience oh he's been so so good it's absolutely crazy how good he is but i remember back probably like 2016 or 2017 or something we had like ray over i don't can't remember whether it was i don't think it was for a show that we had with him it was for like a five-star show i think of all the i remember when he came to that yeah (laughs) Uh, and we interviewed him backstage and he was then, like, even back then, he was talking about how he's, like, started, like, training up his son and things. Wow. And he's, like, so proud of him. And, like, he was, he had, like, these dreams back then of, like, being able to, like, wrestle with his son in the future in, like, top spots and things. And, like, to see it come from that, like, back in 2016, 2017 to where they're at now, it's, like, that must just be such a nice thing. Like, That's fantastic. you can't even imagine. It's because it's real as well. Again, yeah, I yeah. just said that, but it's just, it's proper emotion. You're like, how could, oh yeah. I think it's, it's one of the best things on SmackDown at the moment, but low key. Yeah. It's not really yeah. celebrated as much as it should be, but I hope they hold the belts for ages. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and then we had Seth Rollins coming out looking like some kind of tropical parrot. <laughs> and he, he said he's, he's not here to talk. He's out here to fight. And then he calls out Cesaro, but obviously Cesaro doesn't come out because of what happened to him. And he was like, oh, I forgot. Of course he isn't here. He's not here to ruin my birthday. Um, and he's like to remind everybody why. And he runs footage of what happened over the last few weeks. Uh, he talks about how his team has obtained some exclusive audio from the hospital room and it's like a heart monitor with someone crying in pain. It's really weird. I, really it weird. It feels like one of those 
things that WWE have shoehorned in there and be like, oh, do this. This will be really good. And Seth's like, will it? Yeah. <laughs> their, their overuse of the term exclusive as well is ridiculous. It's like something's only exclusive if like it's been up for grabs by lots of people. I don't think anybody was like, I need to get that Cesaro. <laughs> Actually, he did He did say hospital though. He did not say <clears throat> local medical facility. Seth Rollins did. did say hospital, which surprised me. This, I, do you think Cesaro's legitimately injured? Because I know he had that massive bruise on his arm at pay-per-view and it seemed odd that he wouldn't run out and beat the crap out of him. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe. I've not heard anything about about it either, which is odd. Like normally you'd think you'd hear something on the grapevine somewhere. Yeah. I don't mind that Cesaro's back into this feud either. I really like this Seth Rollins character. I see a lot of people say they think they don't like it at all, but he's so over the top and he's so maniacal. He's a cartoon villain. I can't, you know, if he hadn't committed himself so much to it, sure, but he has. So I'm all right with it. I, I'm, I'm a big fan of this version of Seth Rollins. Because I saw, uh, I was a thread somewhere on the internet, like, oh, you know, he's cause he just turned 35. It's like, it's his peak. He should be doing this. I think he's exactly where he needs to be. He fills a certain role. And when it's time to face Roman Reigns, then you can put him back to being good guy Seth. But I don't think yeah. it's any rush. I'm enjoying the hell out of him right now. I prefer Seth as a bad guy anyway. I just think I he's do. got more bad guy energy than he has sort of good guy energy, if that makes yep. sense. Like, I know. it's more natural. Yeah, spot on, spot on. Like it just, and that's why I know there were other reasons. But when he did go, you know, good guy after WrestleMania, whatever it is, when he beat Brock, it was like oh, it's not as fun as it was <laughs> because yeah, he, he pushes your buttons in the right way. I really like Seth yeah. Rollins. I think he's, I think he's underrated overall. I think people forget yeah. just how good he is. And yeah, he ended up this by just saying like, what happened last week was unfortunate. He blacked out, and when he came to, he was like hovering over Cesaro, blaming him for what happened, <laughs> uh, and that is a hundred percent fair. But after all, Seth is a man of integrity uh, and he has to place some of the blame, teasing that he's going to say on himself. But no, he looks directly into the camera. He's putting all of the blame on you, the viewers. You brainwashed Cesaro into believing it was okay to disrespect Seth. And (laughs) the blame is on you and Cesaro. And if he never steps foot in the ring, it's all your fault. And then he sings happy birthday to himself. And it is our fault too. It is our fault. He's 100% 100 agree with him. And happy birthday to (laughs) Seth Rollins. (laughs) Uh, so yeah, good stuff. Continuing the feud. It's what you need from a little Seth Rollins promo on the show, really. I assume they're going to do Hell in a Cell, right? I think you put You've them got to in imagine there. So, yeah. I mean, given that this is, you know, a blood feud now because he took yeah. him out. I'll take Cesaro versus Seth Rollins. I would rather Seth Rollins versus Cesaro in the cell than whatever Roman's going to do. Because I saw Roman last year. So I would take yeah. Roman out and put those two in it as well. In fact, that would be the only one I would have, but it's WWE. So I'll have at least I was going to say, with <laughs> Hell in a Cell, they sometimes fall into the thing of like oh it's just the main event let's make that the hell in cell match rather than this match kind of almost warrants it like maybe it doesn't warrant as much as a hell in a yeah. cell that's the problem with the hell in a cell pay-per-view oh 100 you could probably do it with bobby versus drew as well though it yeah kinda, that's true kind of works kind of yeah <laughs> yeah um but next up speaking of random matches apollo cruz versus kevin owens for the ic championship um and I started this match going, like, why the hell would you give this away on TV with absolutely no build? And then I finished the match and was like, oh, right, okay, that's why. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, as exciting as that as a match is, it was super fast-paced. It lasted like a minute. Owens, talk about maximizing your minutes. Owens went for it. Uh, he was, like, straight in there with a bunch of punches, cannonball in the corner, swanton bomb, and then Apollo Cruz tried to, like, get back into it, but then... KO goes for like a super kick, misses that, misses a pop-up powerbomb, hits him with the stunner, goes for the pin, and Commander Aziz comes straight in and punches him in the throat with the Nigerian nail, and he like drags Apollo Crews away for the DQ finish as Kevin Owens 
sells the uh, Nigerian nail like he's a fish out of water desperately <laughs> clinging for air. <laughs> That's 32 disqualifications as well in WWE this year, <laughs> if anybody is keeping score. Like me, I am. Yeah, this was the low light of the show for me, mostly because I'm such a fan of Kevin Owens and Apollo Crews. Yeah. Um, and I kind of, it was a bit weird, but I thought, okay, you know, they did the Fatal 4-Way last week, so I suppose... I don't, I don't know why Sami Zayn would be happy with this, but okay, you know, like that that's fine. But it was just the speed of the thing meant that it was great for the minute or two minutes that they were on. But, and I, I totally understand as well. I often find the counterpoint to this is yes, but General Aziz or Commander Aziz, whatever his name is, is there to do this kind of a thing. I'm like, absolutely. But my two points are this. One, when you do it all the time, it gets boring because it just yeah. does. You know, I always used to say, if Stone Cold Steve Austin came out one time too many, even he would be like, oh, because it's just, you know, it's the law of diminishing returns. But also two, we're now falling into this awful pattern. I'm getting a bit of ahead of myself here where this will happen, get a DQ, go to the general manager and they'll say, okay, well, next week I'll ban them from ringside. But to sort of create that air of believability, why wouldn't they always be banned from ringside? <laughs> you know, as soon as they've done it twice, you would go, well, you're a problem. You're not allowed to come down to the ring anymore. Now, it's one yeah. of those sort of holes in wrestling that we just ignore because it's wrestling. And I don't, tr it doesn't bother me like on a deep level. But when I'm chatting about it, I'm like, it, 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 it's lazy. That's what it is. It's lazy. It's like, well, we want to do it. We wanted something to, we wanted a schmoz here because we don't want to beat Apollo Crews. But now Apollo Crews can next week, next week, but Kevin Owens can go, but I heard you beat if it wasn't for your generous. Like, it's the same thing. We've just done it too many times. Yeah. So, and these two are so good as well. And I feel like the Intercontinental title, especially after last week, is in such a good position. I don't want it being bogged down with, yeah, just lazy is the best word I've got with, la with lazy booking. So I felt disappointed after this. Yeah. And that's now, and SmackDown doesn't usually disappoint either. So it was a little bit of a shame. I think it's the potential that you can see in this that makes yes. it even more disappointing as well. Because like, if they give those two like 20 minutes or whatever, that'd be a hell of a match because that's that great. Uh, but yeah, we should mention like later on, uh, Kevin Owens is like still backstage choking because his throat's been destroyed. <laughs> it's I don't been know. And Adam Pearce is there and he's like, oh yeah, I want a rematch. And Adam Pearce is like, yeah, fine. Commander Aziz is banned from ringside. So that's what we're getting next week. But I don't know why they couldn't have just done this with like a promo or something. Like in the time that they had, if Kevin Owens called out Apollo Crews and then because Kevin Owens just is so fantastic on the mic every single time you give him an opportunity, he could have like used his like cleverness to talk Apollo Crews into having the match next week without Commander Aziz there. Like he could have like mocked him for only winning when Commander Aziz is around. So yeah. Apollo's like, oh yeah, well, I'll show you. Let's next week, he's banned from ringside or something. Like there could have been much more interesting ways to get to this match that shone a light on how good these two are in a different way rather than yeah just what this was which like you say feels a little bit lazy it does and apollo cruz is the intercontinental champion so he should have this believability that he can win matches yeah. by himself he just chooses not to but that doesn't mean you have to sort of get his second involved like you could have done this match and apollo cruz wins with uh well the angle slam or the power bomb whatever the hell he's doing now he's got so many finishing moves he doesn't do one every week and then, you know, he does something untoward, you know, feet on the ropes, hold the tights, all that bollocks. Like, But you can you can do that. And it's still a little bit like, ah, uh, but at least it's not a DQ. It's not a distraction. It's like, oh, you're just a prick. Like, yeah. <laughs> I, can, I can take more away from that than, because that's what I was always told when it came to sort of good guys and bad guys. You know, the, the bad guy's a good wrestler. He's just not as good as a good guy. So then he resorts to tactics. He's got no morals. Yeah. But we don't do that. It was just lost. And then Aziz went, nope. <laughs> that's just it that's not a story so i think i just wanted more because again even in two minutes they were brilliant so yeah, yeah. Give, them, give them 10 
Um, but yeah, the next week, hopefully they get a bit more time and they can actually show us what they can do. But we may as well talk about yes. here as well. What was missing on this show was, like you mentioned, Sami Zayn, not on the show at all. But also Alistair Black and Biggie, no follow up from what happened Honestly. last week. I saw a PW Insider report that was like, it was a decision from management to like let the storyline breathe a little bit and give it a bit of time, which what? in one respect <laughs> is like, oh, okay, maybe they're trying to book it a bit more long-term and think about things a bit more. But on the other hand, like that was quite a big moment. Alistair Black's first like in-ring return in a bloody really long time after all these uh, promos and attacking Big E. And you're like, why the hell is he attacking Big E? What's he got to do with anything? And they have no follow-up whatsoever. <laughs> It's, you can only do... Uh, look, I'm going to get on my high horse here. <laughs> in my opinion, again, what do I know? Nothing. Couldn't even keep my hair. But in my opinion, you can only do that if you really focus on the attack. So look, WWE loves those videos replays. You yeah. should have replayed it two or three times. I could be wrong. Yeah. The only time I remember it is during this match when Michael Cole just went, oh yeah, Alice Black came back last week. Big up Big E. <laughs> Big E shouldn't be on the show. No way. Big E can sell his injuries. But whether it's a video or maybe we go back to the book stuff and Alistair Black says, oh, my dad told me to do, I don't know, whatever the hell he talks about. But not to have him on there is just disappointing because that's one of the reasons I tuned in. Why did he do it? What's he going to say this week? Are we going to progress it? Like, I don't know why this is what came to my head. I know it's, it's weird. I'm the only person that cared about this story. But way back in the day when Ahmed Johnson joined the Nation of Domination, <laughs> as a child... I was I wondering was, where you were going. I was not I, expecting to Ahmed no, Johnson. No one ever is. No one ever is. But I, I could not believe it. To the point, I watched all of WWE's crappy B content that we used to get over in the UK, like stacked, which was just a recap show, hoping maybe they'll give me more information because I was so... I could not believe that Ahmed Johnson had done this. Obviously, you're going to have to wait till Raw. And then I got to Raw and he gave... And I needed I needed that, um, that follow-up. I needed it. And if I hadn't have got it, I honestly believe... I, would have, I don't know if I could have waited two weeks, so it may have actually affected me sort of subconsciously in the way that I watch wrestling. Now, I'm an old man now, so it's different. I'm like, man, who actually cares? But I can still put myself in that kind of uh, position. And you just needed something. You just needed something. Again, if it's just a video saying, dun, dun, Alistair Black. But nothing doesn't make it feel like the story's breathing. It makes it feel like nobody cared. I yeah. don't know why I got so upset about this, but I really, really did. <laughs> I just, I thought it was such a cool way to end SmackDown. Like a surprise return is never going to get old. Like I remember when AEW used to turn the lights out a lot in the early going and yes. somebody said they turn the lights out too much. I was like, no, do it more. <laughs> <laughs> I love the lights out spot, but I just don't get it. I thought it was really weird and it made it feel like they did, it just made it feel unimportant. And it is important because it was a returning of a character we've wanted to see for ages. So yeah, a massive shame I thought, but hopefully next week. I think it's one of the things they've been doing quite well on SmackDown as well recently is actually making you want to tune in next week, yeah. especially with the Roman Reigns stuff. But they've like been doing it sort of a bit throughout the card and like leaving you with sort of questions rather than answers that you want answers to. And then, yeah, when they don't follow up on it, it feels weird that the, why they did it. In the I, was, place. I was disappointed. It's not a massive deal, but, you know, as we can get into it sort of nice and proper here. Yeah, I, it was it was a, just a shame. That's the word. I was really, really upset. <laughs> Uh, but next up, we were back to Roman Reigns, and he had Paul Heyman bring him Jey Uso, and he, <laughs> he he didn't even look him in the face. He had his back turned to him for most of the time. He was just kind of looking at him out the corner of his eye. Uh, but he was saying how like you what you've got this match next week. Like, is that what you want to do? 
like why did you tell me you were with me then like what happened to we like everything we've been through like all I've ever wanted is the best for you like only things like you're the only thing that's ever mattered to me like this and like doing right by you and our family like we'll figure it out for your brother but your main event yeah you so now and when we go according to Roman's plan like you own Smackdown as soon as your brother comes back like you're relegated to the opening match like don't you do you want to go back to a place where people look at you and say, which one are you? And then Jay's like, oh, I never, never thought about it like that. And Roman's like, well, maybe you should because your brother isn't. And it's like, God damn it, Roman Reigns, leave Jay Uso alone, the poor so, guy. It's so mean. It's so mean. <laughs> really what needs to happen is Jay Uso needs to beat Roman Reigns for the Universal Championship. I know, that's the only outcome for this. Yeah, but it's fight. never going to happen. The poor guy <laughs> is just going to be wrecked as a human. Just awesome. And, uh, and you know, on, a, on a weird level as well, I've been in you know, years ago, but I've been in relationships like this. Where it's like, it's all your fault. You're like, oh man, maybe it is my fault. And then you realize, no, wait, it's it's terrific. And this is the Roman Reigns. I, I hate saying this. I don't mean this as negative as it sounds, but the only crumble of um, disappointment is that this Roman Reigns wasn't born out of the beating The Undertaker at WrestleMania. Yeah. It, it's just me fantasy booking and imagine how awesome it would be if you saw this turn as those fans just absolutely ruined him. But better late than never, who even cares? Roman Reigns is one of the best things, not just in WWE, but in wrestling. And I mean yeah. that. He's one of my favorite things in wrestling right now. Yeah, absolutely fantastic. I like credit to Jey Uso as well for how he's oh, yes. playing this. Because like he's like, it's like he's so beaten down by Roman Reigns, but those few times when that anger like does bubble to the surface and he goes like full scrappy do and he's like, it's just <laughs> boiling out of him. Like it's uncontrollable rage. That's all stemming from Roman Reigns. Like he's playing it really, really well. Totally, totally. Um, and next up, love to get your thoughts on Rick Boots. He's <laughs> just the best, isn't he? Like, <laughs> I like go go being a goof in wrestling is really difficult. Like it's really hard. Kenny Omega's a bit of a goof. He pulls yeah. it off. Bailey, she's a yeah. goof. He pulls it off. And Rick Boogs is right, is right up there. Just because it's one of those things that if you do not throw yourself into it with 100%, it's going to be awful. And yeah. you're like, oh, I can't watch this. But he enjoys himself so much. It's like, dude... You rock, literally, you're rocking my world right now. And to team up with Shinsuke Nakamura, which makes no sense. <laughs> but it, it, it's awesome. Like I said on ups and downs, like they've they've created a real uh, difficult situation for me because you could do Shinsuke Nakamura versus anyone and it could be the worst yeah. match ever. I'm still going to like it if I get this entrance because the joy <laughs> is just going to spill over. He's the best. He's the best. I don't know who came up with this idea, but give him more money because it was absolutely <laughs> the right thing to do. It's so great. I don't know if you've seen any of his social media and stuff, like, but he is all in with this as a oh, character. Yeah. Oh, but yeah. I remember like when he did that thing in a NXT ages ago when he kind of took over in like a an intermission or something and had that oh, like yeah. moment. And it was like doing the rounds on social media. Like that just made everyone in the What Culture office a massive fan of him. And we've just been <laughs> desperate to see him do something ever since. And then when he like cropped up with the uh, old spice adverts and things, he was like, oh my those God, too, yeah. And now he's in this. Yeah, absolutely fantastic. Love it. I love like you see some of his social media, he's actually quite good at guitar, but in this, like it doesn't really matter if he's good at it or not. Oh, he no. just throws himself into it. <laughs> he hits duff notes a lot. He but did so I, I don't care. Who cares? <laughs> I don't care. Just play the thing. Just smash it. I, I just, that's not what I'm watching it for, right? I don't want a brilliant guitar performance. I want energy. And that's what <laughs> he brings that in spades. I love that there's probably just people backstage going, who has a 
theme song that everybody likes. <laughs> Shinsuke, play that. That'll be fine. Whatever. <laughs> I will say as well that they must like him because I, this sounds horrible, but I don't mean it that way. Just given how they usually treat performers. He, you know, before the latest round of cuts, he would, if someone said, Miller, do you think he's going to go? I'd be like, oh yeah, maybe potentially. Yeah. Cause I know what they do with these people. He's like a Mojo Rawley to me. Yeah. Someone that he's has been a around mass- for ages. Yeah, really. that's it. And Since it has like 2017 a- or something and hasn't done anything. No, and but has a massive upside. Like every time you see yeah. him, you're like, why aren't you doing something with that guy? Yeah. And they let him go. You're like, what? What'd you do that for? But the fact they didn't actually give, well, obviously it gives me more confidence because they surely looked at him and said, no, no, this man's entertaining. We yeah. want an entertainment show. So, oh man. It's almost I- weird that they've kind of bypassed NXT with him because after that moment and that pop and the crowd reaction that he got, you just expect, all right, check him on NXT. Let's see what he can do. But I guess maybe they've given him more time to hone his craft in the ring and like waited for an opportunity to do it i just wish crowds were back for this because i'd love to see the reactions oh well soon hopefully but i mean i absolutely expect and want to see corbin versus rick booze now right yeah i mean gotta happen <laughs> surely um but yeah so he introduced shinsuke nakamura again and it was going to be chad gable versus shinsuke nakamura which we've had snippets of quite a lot but why i just want them to give these guys 20 minutes and go at it because it would be absolutely incredible because every time they're in there together no matter how short or like crap the match is they put a show on and it's absolutely fantastic and yeah this was exactly the same really really short um but what they could get in there was absolutely great otis attacked him before the bell and then like chad gable was chucking shinsuke around with like belly to bellies all over the place ended up with corbin sneaking in to grab his crown and then uh, shinsuke nakamura hitting the kinshasa and then as corbin was going to put his crown on again at the end boogs attacked him from behind and shinsuke ran out with the crown does feel like this all stemmed because Vince McMahon one day realized that they both call themselves the king of something. <laughs> I mean, is that's 100% the reason why this happened. <laughs> but in the story now, it kind of makes it feel like they think there's some magic powers with this crown or <laughs> there's no, it's just go buy another. Like <laughs> you can go buy another crown, but I don't care because I think Baron Corbin's doing great. I think Shinsuke Nakamura is doing great. It was bizarre that the Alpha Academy were worked into it, but like you say, it gave us Shinsuke yeah. Nakamura versus Chad Gable. So it's hard to get too annoyed at it just it's fun is what it is it lacks depth i'll give you that but it's really really entertaining and sometimes that's all i want and it's not entertainment just for the sake of it, it actually they want the crown it's like edge and booker t <laughs> edge and booker t fought over the shampoo right it was those two wasn't yeah it? yeah yeah so it's just edge and booker t fighting for shampoo that's dumb but that's all right <laughs> as long as i know what's going on there's plenty of dumb in wrestling and there's yeah, always there is, room for yeah, them exactly, yeah. <laughs> uh, and then it was time for the main event uh, but it wasn't going to be the main event that we expected of the Dirty Dogs versus the Mysterios because we see Rey Mysterio like praying backstage and then we cut to commercial and then when we come back, we see that Rey Mysterio has been attacked and there's like a referee and um, a medic guy and Dominic all sort of checking out, out for him. And then we see Ziggler and Rude like looking all pretend confused in the ring. And then they get the mic saying they had nothing to do with this. Like they want a fair fight, but hey, if you can't compete, that's got to be a forfeit, right? And then Dom... Uh, got on the mic and he was like, well, like, Ray stepped up for me last Sunday at WrestleMania Backlash, so I'm going to step up now. And then he goes out as Dolph Ziggler protests going, what, little Mysterio Jr.? Really, this is child abuse. <laughs> uh, and then it was a handicap match for the tag team titles. And I mean, what do you expect? You, you can probably imagine exactly how the match went. <laughs> oh, that was good. I thought it was really fun. Like, this was a real good... I would have changed the finish, but we'll talk about that in yeah. a second. But I thought in terms of a performance by Dominic Mysterio again, excellent stuff. And also massive praise to Dolph Ziggler and Robert Roode, two super professionals who 
again, it always takes two to tango, but obviously went out of their way to help him and make him look awesome. I, you know, I like the fact that it was the main event because I think, because everyone complained on Raw because it was the women's tag team titles in the main event. I was like, no, man, if you want to yeah, get titles I didn't get over, why people were moaning about that. They're got to, like they should yeah, be. Yeah, if you've got a championship match, if you've got two championship matches and you have a sort of tier system, that's fine. If you yeah. have one, that's the last match because eventually over time, it will make people go, oh, that's why people care about it. And that's yeah. why I was really glad they, they did it here too. Was a little bit worried that Dolph Ziggler and Robert Roode were going to win, but yeah. they didn't. So it's okay. <laughs> But yeah, like you say, it's good fun. Dominic had some kind of flurries of offense, um, but mainly just got beaten down. He had a great like dive to the outside, and then he like almost got the six one nine. But uh, Don, Dolph Ziggler reversed it into the famouser for like a really close two count, and then Rude kind of put Dominic on his shoulders. That no was what he was going to do. <laughs> that was really that. weird. Yeah, strange. <laughs> and then Rey Mysterio's music hits, and he starts walking down the aisle. And then as he does that, because it's WWE and something <laughs> happens, someone gets distracted, and Dominic rolls up. Uh, rude for the one two three and then straight away after the match the users come out to face off with the mysterios and you see roman reigns backstage looking not happy with this situation seething <laughs> seething so mad that it had happened the only like the finish i hate saying this because who the, what the hell do i know right i'm just some moron talking about wrestling but i don't get why we didn't just roll reverse what we'd done at wrestlemania backlash like why yeah. didn't ray come out oh my gosh he's going to get the tag gets the tag six one nine big splash one two three excellent yeah. and then father helped son son helped father i don't understand why there was this need well i tell you why because somebody vince man i suppose is obsessed with distraction roll up finish yeah. that's it <laughs> but i that would have been equally as good and it would have been less silly so yeah. I really don't understand why we don't need to protect Robert Roode and Dolph Ziggler. <laughs> you don't do it at the best of times. So other than that, though, yeah, I thought it was really, really nice. My, you know, fun, interesting main event. Why would Ray's music hit too? I like it. Dominic, <laughs> Dominic's music didn't hit a few. Anyway, I'm going down. I'm going down the wrong path. I liked it a lot. Uh, great build because it's next week, isn't it? Usos Mysterio. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's something to look forward to as well. Just good, just good stuff. Like it's it's hard to. You know, it's probably not a match you're ever going to go back and watch again. Yeah. But in terms of getting to the next point, it did exactly what it had to do. I don't know what the Dirty Dogs do now. That's going to be No idea. Uh, They've only difficult... just got t-shirts as well, it seems. Yeah, <laughs> well, that right? So that's going to be interesting. But I hope they don't break them up. I hope it goes back to what we were discussing earlier. I hope we use them to, yeah, build and grow the tag division. But I yeah. can also see Dolph Ziggler and <laughs> being stripped out of that and being thrown who knows where. It happens a lot. <laughs> just like how they got thrown together. Um <laughs> But yeah, uh, like you say, uh, there was really weird bit like Dominic trying to crawl to the corner to tag in his dad. Like you knew what you were getting into, Dominic. Like what? that was so funny. <laughs> it's like how have you forgotten already? Someone punched you in the head too hard. It was nice because it was like, oh, Dominic. But it was also like you're a moron. Like you know yeah. your dad's not there. You know it's a handicap match. So yeah. But yeah, you talk about hooks of making you want to tune in next week, and that's exactly it. Usos versus Mysterios. A fantastic match right there. B, Uso is back in a tag team championship match. C, what the hell is Roman Reigns going to do in this situation? All things that make you want to tune in next week, especially the Roman Reigns thing. Poor Jey Uso, what is he going to do? I don't know. What, what would you want him to do? Would you want him to leave, like fly the flock and become a tag champion? Or do you think we need a bit longer with him being destroyed I... as, a, as a human? <laughs> genuinely have no idea of what I want <laughs> from this because I, I, I think of so many different ways that it could go and I kind of want them all yeah, I think true. just the image of Roman Reigns and the Usos with like all the belts is just so strong in itself as like the family holding everything 
and then but you've got like the endless power struggles that you could have from there going forwards so I think I, I want them to stay entwined with this at some point but I, then how does Jimmy Uso uh like sign off on that with what what's going on with Jey Uso and Roman Reigns how does he like willfully become a part of that yeah I, just, I don't well, know I, how they get I that. thought we were going to do Jimmy versus Roman at Hell in a Cell that's why I but according you. to the Wrestling Observer newsletter, I know some people believe it, some people don't, but just as a, a point of interest, yeah, they said that's not the plan. So yeah, I don't know. Um, but yeah, it has us questioning, and that can only be a good thing. SmackDown's a good wrestling show. Like <laughs> I, I'll you know, I'll die on that hill. I mean, I enjoy Raw, but for the wrong reasons. You know, <laughs> Raw's a bit like I'm going to sit in this chair and just spin it around as far as I can go, and then see how I feel when I stand up. But SmackDown, to me, I think sometimes it gets thrown under the banner of oh, WWE is crap. It's like no, no, Raw's lost, but SmackDown is is a really compelling, well put together, structured show. It just is yeah. like you know between. Uh, the main event stuff and the fact they do more often than not layer out the rest of the card with things you can go oh yeah oh yeah I forgot about that is I'm really I, I think it's I think it's fantastic I think it's top yeah, tier programming me too I mean the main event scene is fantastic with Roman Reigns you just cannot set a foot wrong since he's come back the IC title, title scene the amount of talent in that scene alone is insane it's absolutely oh, yeah. fantastic um, my two biggest gripes about Smackdown on the podcast like in the past has been the tag team division that they never seem to focus on ever because it's the tag team division and WWE hates tag team wrestling and the women's division not having like logical storylines and I thought this episode did quite a lot in both respects uh to like address those issues especially with the tag team scene like this this has been the most the tag team scene has been focused on in a very long time absolutely uh, remains to be seen whether they keep that going or not but hopefully they do and also a bit of separation for the women's titles. The tag titles are away from the main title, which is a big step in the right direction. As much as the women's tag team scene needs a lot of work, uh, they're still portraying Bianca Belair as a like a, a positive, like um, winning champion. So hopefully, I mean, she's been better booked than Rhea Ripley in terms of yeah. understanding her character and it being sort of level and not yeah. i don't understand if i meant to like you or hate you like it's, <laughs> it's, it's going a lot better and also i don't mean this in a bad way but it was the first show in ages without Shayna baser and nia Jax. and i don't yeah. mind Shayna baser and nia Jax. i do think they took their act and made it work especially with reginald actually was a good addition but you cannot this is the opposite of alistair black cannot do it every single week when they have especially last week they were like oh it's the quarter to quarter brand invitational i was like no yeah. you can't bring <laughs> that back up you mentioned it so i actually thought it was good to give them a rest because now when it gets to raw i don't know what they're going to do a little worried it's alexa and um Shana, yeah. but whatever at least it'd be like oh, okay cool we're now carrying on with this beat and i don't feel because sometimes i forget what show they're on i was like oh yeah you're raw people i don't even know so i thought that was actually a positive for them because you can't overexpose yourself of course you yeah can. absolutely um, but yeah, that was the SmackDown Review podcast. Thank you very much for listening. Like I say, make sure you subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever it is that you get your podcast from. And subscribe to the Simon Miller Wrestling Podcast, was it called? I've probably done the name it's, wrong it, again. It's called everything. It's called that. It's called Simon is Pro Wrestling Show. It's called Ball Talk. It's not called Ball Talk. Don't, <laughs> don't. I should have called it Ball Talk. I didn't. But yeah, yeah. If you, if you want me of talking about wrestling in that style, yeah, please do come along. That'd be great. So yeah, go subscribe to that as well. And follow us on Twitter. You can follow me at Phil My Chambers and you can follow Simon at Simon Miller 316 because he's a massive nerd. That's <laughs> true. I didn't know what the future hold. I'm an idiot. You should hear what his email address is. Yeah. Yeah. Wrestling <laughs> that geek. Podcast, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that one. Yeah, let's not do that. Let's, let's not do that. Mistakes. Uh, but yeah, like I say, thank you very much for listening and have yourselves a bloody good day. 
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. <laughs> 